Today on CityCast Boise, we're getting the scoop on how the Boise Airport is growing from Airport Director Rebecca Hupp. Between the upcoming new concourse, changing flight options, and how more local food might be coming in, she has all the intel. Plus, why Orlando is the direct destination most wanted by travelers. It's Thursday, January 25th. I'm Nick Hua, and this is what Boise's talking about. big story of uh, of Boise these days is the story of growth and um, at the airport as a big extension of the city tracks alongside of it. Um, my understanding is the number of passengers at the airport has never been higher. Uh, the airport has never felt busier <laughs> now compared to the past couple of years. Uh, when you approach the question of managing the airport's growth, what are your priorities and how should we understand your kind of levers of power here? Those are great questions. And the way that we try to approach um, accommodating the growth is looking at what are the quick things that we can do today by acquiring new property or new services or what things can we handle with additional staffing? For example, queue lines go faster. Mm -hmm. What are those things that we can do today? Then what are the things that we can do in the next six months to a year with, say, a technology improvement that Mm -hmm. might make us more efficient or new equipment? And then what's the 18-month to two-year horizon for what can we build? How do we we grow the um, infrastructure? Right. So like in in your like planning spreadsheet, there's like a short-term, medium-term, long-term situation, I assume? Exactly. Got it. (laughs) And so when it comes to something like, I think one of the big I think ways that, you know, Boise residents, I mean, Idaho residents kind of interface with the airport. It's a question of flight options, right? Like, um, you know, we have many flights going to Seattle per day, many flights going to Salt Lake City and Denver. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when you sort of think about the management of growth, like to what extent is flight options, like the primary thing you work on developing? Um, Also within the constraints of how many gates we have, I guess. You know, we are constrained by our infrastructure in terms of adding flights, but what happens is not only do airlines add flights, but they mm-hmm. add larger aircraft. So we can have the same number of flights, but more seats to an existing destination. So that helps us with capacity. And in 2019, we had 19 nonstop destinations. And mm-hmm. today we have 25 nonstop destinations. Right. So we've seen um, air service expand tremendously. We have eight airlines serving Boise today. Um, Sun Country is going to start adding service this summer with nonstop service to Minneapolis. So we'll Mm -hmm. have competition on that route as well. So lots of exciting things on the air service front. When you try to add a new route, for example, how does that work? Do you go over to the airline, negotiate something or what was the first step in in that process? Well, most often we are initiating the discussion with the airline. So, you know, we try to highlight for them all of the exciting things that are happening in Boise, the growth, the development, the increase in population. And really for them, it's a business case. You know, do they want to bring their business here? Can it be more profitable here than, say, adding service someplace else? Because the airlines are also constrained um, both by aircraft and also by uh, crew and uh, staff. So whether it's flight attendants or mechanics, you know, they're they're struggling with the same recruiting issues that I think many of us are seeing. And that's like the long tail of pandemic, I assume, like that I've been hearing sort of pilots and steward shortages. Mm -hmm. It's been sounds like it's been pretty challenging. It really has been. And I think during the pandemic, no one knew when the recovery was going to happen. And the airlines in the early days were offering early retirements and buyouts uh, because 
literally no one was flying. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward a year or 18 months and we have revenge travel. And Oh, is that what they call it? Revenge travel? <laughs> revenge travel. That's what we call it. Uh, and so, you know, it's one of those things where you can't train pilots as fast as we need them. We retired more pilots than we were able to train in that period of time. And so... Right. I think it will continue to get better, but it's definitely a challenge these days. So when you approach a new airline and try to um, establish a new route, like how do you collect the data for demand there? Like, do you like field surveys? Like, (laughs) do you get people to vote? No, we don't do surveys. uh, Generally, we have a consultant that we Mm -hmm. use and we did our request for proposals for air service consulting. Mm -hmm. And so there are definitely firms that specialize in doing data analysis and statistics of passenger travel. I think I read recently that um, two nonstop flights were were ceasing um, uh, uh, in the next couple of months. I think one to Austin, if I'm mistaken. Right. Yes, we are seeing some shifts in travel, um, primarily on Alaska Airlines. Mm-hmm. They're decreasing their destinations, but the capacity is remaining the same. So, for example, they're not continuing to fly to Chicago but they're increasing those seats to other destinations that they currently serve, primarily along the West Coast. We still have service to Chicago, as an example, but that particular airline is not going to fly that particular route anymore. God, you just you have to bounce through a separate city to get to Chicago mm-hmm. in that case. Or you have to fly United. Got it. Got it. What are the priorities for new routes, for example? Oh, we have a list of destinations that we would say are um, our priorities. And they primarily focus around either airports that do not have nonstop service today, but are one of our most popular destinations. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that comes to mind is Orlando. It's our highest number of passengers for an unserved nonstop route. Other airports like Charlotte, Mm -hmm. um, where there's a very strong hub and strong connectivity, Mm -hmm would be on the list. Washington, D.C., where there's a strong hub and a strong origin and destination demand would also be on the list. So we have, that's kind of how we determine where our priorities are. Either there's strong demand to go from Boise to this location. If business considerations were an an issue, what's your bucket list route that you want to get in there? Oh, of routes that I want to get. Yeah, personally Um, speaking, just the one. Personally speaking, (laughs) and I think Personally, and also just from a broader perspective, I would love to see more flights to the East Coast. Personally, I would Mm -hmm. love to see a nonstop to Boston. New York would also be great. Again, we have a lot of travel to both of those destinations, but Mm -hmm. no nonstop service. I remember there being like a direct to New York, like last summer or two summers ago, something like that. There was, and we had nonstop service to JFK on JetBlue. Mm -hmm. And we got caught up in that pilot shortage. And, you know, they only have one flight to Boise. It's really hard to be successful as an airline when you only have one flight going into a city. And not only just the one flight, but just the sheer distance, the miles, the fuel, the limited number of seats. It's it's a struggle. I'm hopeful that eventually we'll be able to to see something come back to New York. You know, me too. So the other lever that I think about in terms of growth, like in the way I interface with the airport is uh, parking. And there's a new yes. parking garage that's open. Uh, I am very happy for it because I am a park and fly kind of person because I do a ton of overnight uh, for, tra- for work. I remember reading recently that there is a little bit of a distribution issue in the sense of not and that it wasn't hitting as much usage that was originally anticipated for that parking garage. Is that still the case or has that evened out over time? 
And I don't think that that's quite accurate. I would say, you know, we've seen a dramatic increase in parking. We just opened the second garage, what we're calling the East Garage. And what's happening is uh, the garage is filling, but the main garage, which is the first garage, always fills first because mm-hmm. it's more convenient to the terminal. Right, you just walk a straight line and you're it's in the terminal. straight across <laughs> to baggage claim. Whereas the new garage, you have to walk a little bit further. So it just doesn't fill up quite as quickly. It's not that far. I mean, it's not that. <laughs> I 100% agree with you with that. But the other garage is just a little bit more convenient. And so we're trying to differentiate between the two garages. So that way the, the demand is more evenly distributed between the garages. And if you want to park in the one that's most convenient, then you pay a little bit more for that. If you just want to park close to the terminal and you're like, I don't care, I'm going to walk. It's not a big deal to me. Got it. Then, then you'll park in that second garage. But we have seen a tremendous adoption of the new garage. I would say it's been over 50% full continuously. So I, I want to ask a little bit about the sort of the process that's happening right now for a new 10-year vendor contract for retail and concessions. Um, are you anticipating any big changes? So we are going through a competitive process and we're mm-hmm. soliciting proposals for new concessions. And the way that it works in Boise, it's divided into two different areas. We have one vendor that does all of the food and beverage in the airport and then another vendor that will do all of the gift in retail at the airport. The last time we did this contract was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And to put this in perspective, we have almost 2 million more passengers, total passengers, than we did when we did this contract last time. Yikes. <laughs> so it's clear that we need more food and beverage concessions and probably also some, some changes in our retail offerings. We want to offer more amenities, but we also want to be mindful and make sure that what we have at the airport is reflective of our community. So local local vendors, local eateries, that kind of thing. The airport is the gateway to our community. So we want it to, when people arrive here, we want them to feel like they're in Boise, mm-hmm. not just random small town USA. Is there a particular like, challenge when it comes to getting local vendors into the airport? Because I, I, I imagine there is some negotiation process that smaller businesses has a disadvantage when it comes uh, compared to like McDonald's or something. We actually have a goal to have disadvantaged businesses represented at Mm. the airport and there's a percentage. And so there's, I would say maybe a couple handfuls of vendors who do this type of work nationwide and who are experts in operating in the airport environment, because there are some things that are unique to the airport. But what they do is then they partner with local businesses Mm -hmm. to either showcase local products or, um, partner with a local brand to have their presence at the airport. So one example that's probably very visible in Boise right now is the Bardenay concept that Mm -hmm. we have. Um, And that's been very popular. But the vendor who operates that has partnered with um, the owner for Bardenay as as an example. So it's this sort of middle ground, a middle institution where they negotiate outwards and you negotiate with them. And what's the timeline that we should expect as uh, as citizens here? So like... um, Six months, 12 months before we can see like Hawkins pack out in there or something, for example. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hawkins pack out. That's awesome. Some favorite stop when you come down from Bogus Basin, right? Or on the way up. I mean, that it should be when you come back to Du Boise. There's the Hawkins right right there. (laughs) I I think my kids might say it should be fancy phrase. Uh, That's interesting. I, you know, I'm I'm nonpartisan between the two. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, um, so the timeline, our existing contracts run through October. We will award contracts to a new vendor this year Got it. with the intent that they can start revamping some space. We have new space that we'll be adding. So they'll actually start developing those spaces prior to the October transition. Um, so we can hopefully have new spaces open as quickly as possible. I'm actually curious about your professional history here. So how does how does one become an airport director? So I, I think I saw on your LinkedIn that you came from Maine. I did. But I wonder what the arc there, like, was it was it like a 16-year-old you was like, I love airports. I want to work in airports. Is the airport life here. Like, how does that work? I thought that I wanted to fly. I thought I wanted to be a pilot. Oh, cool. And then I decided that really wasn't for me. But I do love airports. And I love them because there's so much emotion that happens in an airport when you think about you know, moments in life, whether it's the first trip that you remember taking with your family mm-hmm. or your favorite family member who comes to visit and you went to see them at the airport, you know, people, you know, leaving on their honeymoons, people coming home from deployments, you know, it's just a place of reunion and emotion. And then I also really appreciate the business aspect of it because mm-hmm. really at the airport, we're running a business. Right. To me, that's more interesting than maybe some of the other things that I had initially thought I might like to do. Right. I feel like it's the rare person who says that they like airports. Like, I'm, I'm a person who like mm-hmm. likes airports as well. But it feels like a very specific kind of, like, how many people do you think is in this community of people who love airports? Well, I w- you'd be surprised how many people come up to me and they say, oh, gosh, I love the Boise Airport. It's the best airport. Um, and Fortunately for us, I feel like airports nationwide have set the bar pretty low. (laughs) Oh, that's definitely true, yes. (laughs) You know, which is a sad statement. But I think that people think fondly of airports because generally when people are traveling, it's for fun. It's for something interesting. Um, So maybe they don't love the hassle factor of going Mm -hmm. to the airport. Got it. One of my the most surprising bit of trivia that I bumped into kind of researching for this is the fact that the airport director is the highest paid city employee in Boise, which is something that I was not expecting. Uh, it's more than a mayor and a fire chief and a police chief. Uh, that's uh, according to publicly available data, I think gathered by the Idaho statesman. How does how did it end up in this situation? How do we end up to that kind of um, strata? And you know, how does somebody in a position like justify that salary to mm-hmm. to uh, taxpayers? Like just from a, like a broad perspective. Yeah. Well, first of all, my salary is not paid for by taxpayers. Mm. The airport is an enterprise fund, so we operate completely as a business. So everything that we do here, all the revenue that we generate at the airport, mm-hmm. um, comes from airport activity and airport business activity that we do, and then we reinvest it back into our airport infrastructure. So it's it's not really a question of taxpayers. And really, when you look at airports, it's a very limited skill set. So when mm-hmm. you think about the number of airports that we have across the country, as an example, Boise is the 61st biggest airport in the country. So sometimes people here think of Boise as a small airport. It really isn't a small airport. It's a giant business. We drive $3 billion of economic impact mm-hmm. every year. So it's a very specialized skill set to be able to do the infrastructure, the air service development, the marketing, and all of those pieces that combine. And when you look at the talent pool, it's sort of like, it's almost like being a, you know, in a very specialized career field where there's strong demand for top talent and not a huge pipeline. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you have 
strong demand and very specific qualifications and limited supply, it always is going to drive up the price. And so, you know, Boise, just like everywhere else, we're competing for talent, uh, not just at the airport director level, but at other levels within our organization. Right. And we have the managerial executive level. Yeah. We are competing for talent with every other airport across the country. And so as an example, right now, we have a couple of what we call program managers that are going to manage airport specific engineering projects. There are very few people who have that very specific skill set across the country. And so it is going to require maybe a more substantial salary than what you might expect, mm-hmm. you know, as a layperson, not really understanding how all of the pieces come together. You know, that makes a ton of sense to me. Uh, how often do you get asked that question? <laughs> not very often. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I did not know that, came, uh, that the salary comes out with the en- enterprise fund. It's actually, I know something I was not expecting. Yeah, we are an enterprise fund. And the way that I, you know, because there is a big discrepancy between the highest paid and the lowest paid employee. And so the way that I try to explain it to people is that, you know, we're always focused on returning value Mm -hmm. and benefit to the community. And so, yes, my team is and I am very well paid, but we're always focused on making sure that, yes, we're paid for the work that we do, but we're returning value for that. So we're bringing in new business, we're bringing in new revenue, um, we're offering new services. And um, yeah. Awesome. I, I want to, uh, to use a, uh, a turn of phrase, I want to land this plane on looking at the future. But before I do that, I got three quick lightning round questions. Setting Boise Airport aside, what's your favorite airport in the country? Well, there's different categories of airports, but I think... <laughs> You know, when I'm flying, I like to fly through Minneapolis if I have to make a connection. Mm-hmm. Very popular airport among uh, Boise residents. I think. It's very well run. They have great amenities. Um, it's just very nicely done. I've heard, I have not seen this personally, that there are tumbleweed bins in Boise Airport. Is that true? Well, we do have tumbleweeds and we do clean them and remove them from the airfield. I don't know that we have specific bins for them, maybe in our airfield maintenance facility, Mm -hmm. but not in the airport proper. Like you're not going to walk through the concourse and see a tumbleweed bin. That's unfortunate. This one's a little bit of a hobby horse for me. What is up with Clear? Like, how does that work? So Clear is a tenant and they are a national national, um, organization that does Security screening, basically, passengers can opt in, mm-hmm. provide their biometric information, background information, mm-hmm. and they go through a screening process that's separate. And so we did incorporate CLEAR into our checkpoint as a way to expedite and expand security screening in Boise without actually having to add more infrastructure. When I talk about, you know, what are the things where we can do add more people Mm-hmm. To improve queue lines, technology, clear would be the technology piece. And then adding more lanes would be the infrastructure piece. Got it. Just the final one complaint, it does clog up the TSA, pre- the TSA pre-check line sometimes. Yes, it does sometimes. <laughs> I agree with you. Okay. Looking forward to the future. So the, what's the latest in Concourse A that's, I believe, slated to be in construction in around 2026? Where is it now in its current sort of process and what will different what will be different about this concourse compared to the existing terminal at this point so we just last week issued a request for qualifications for design firms to help us with the design for concourse a and so we're very excited about bringing on uh, an architect engineering firm to help us with that 
and do the design and do the initial scope of what that will look like. So yes, I think your timeline is right. We are working on the consolidated car rental facility right now. That's mm -hmm. under construction. That has to be complete before we can build the concourse because where the rental cars park today is where aircraft will park in the future for that concourse. Got it. And when where would the concourse physically be? So like if I'm driving up to the departures, is it going to be behind it to the right? So imagine as you're going through security screening, mm -hmm. seamlessly, I might add, oh. at the Boise Airport, and you're looking and you're standing in the food court, you can go to the left and go to concourse B. You can go downstairs or go to concourse C. If you look over to the right, today there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. There's a wall there. That is where concourse will be. Interesting. Um, that sounds like a very sizable project. <laughs> it is. I think we figured 80,000 square feet maybe is the number that I saw most recently. Mm. And so it's also, if you're looking at it from the exterior, from outside, the area where the rental cars are parked today is where that will actually be in the aircraft parking apron. And then the concourse will be just to the south. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. Uh, I had so much fun learning everything I wanted to learn about uh, with respect to the airport. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and your interest. And I appreciate it. Happy travels. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Be sure to subscribe to our free Hey Boise newsletter for the latest airport news. We'll be back tomorrow morning with our Friday News Roundup. Have a good one.